1: of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Since today's episode is all about self-care, and please advise, is in fact a nation, I want to hear from you guys what it is that you do to take care of yourself, whether it's silly or small or seemingly insignificant or something very deadly serious that you regularly do. Rituals, beauty stuff, affirmations, whatever it may be, we want to know what do you do when it comes to self-care. Call 323-450-7408, same number as usual, And just leave us a message telling us what it is that you do to take care of yourself, your routines, your once in a while things, whatever it is. We're going to mash it up into one big super cut episode full of tips from Please Advise Nation about how to take better care of yourself. So yeah, 323-450-7408. Thanks, guys. Hey guys, we have a special mini app for you today. Some of you reached out to me, specifically a friend of Stacey Jones reached out to me and said that you love it when we talk about supplements, wellness, when we have Sean Bartholomew on and, um, they, you, you asked for more of it. So I reached out to my friend Laura Miller, who's been on the show and she recommended that we talk to her friend Mikel Hills. She, uh, is a dietitian and a nutritionist. A he- Nutritionist, that's a hard word for me to say. Uh, <laughs> she wears a lot of hats. She has a cookbook. It's called Nutrition Stripped, 100 Whole Food Recipes Made Deliciously Simple, which sounds amazing. Um, that's also something that you guys reach out about a lot, how to incorporate healthy eating into your diet um, without going to ham. I would recommend picking up a easy recipe book like this. Mikkel, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm stoked to to get into these questions and just chat with your community about health and wellness and all the things.
1: Yeah, so I'm just going to go right into my email. As I told you before we started, as opposed to just like asking out to Please Advise Nation to send questions, I reached out more specifically to friends that I knew come from really different backgrounds in terms of like everywhere from ethnicity to the amount of money they make to the way they live their life to the way that they incorporate wellness already into their life. So um, let's just go into a question um, from one of my friends who wants to stay anonymous. It says, talk to me about poop. What's normal? What is regular once a day, twice a day? And what's the best way to jumpstart regularity?
2: Ah, I like, I love this question. Is that going to make me sound really weird that i get excited about poop? But, um, No. no, I mean, being a dietitian, I talk about the ins and outs. We call it all the time. It's, it's just common conversation. So it's really important as well to know your digestive system, to know what's quote unquote normal and what's not normal. I will say as with anything, Normal is kind of that, like, relative term that we really need to put in perspective. Like, everybody is so, so different. So I will say that. But in a nutshell, normal digestion to me is something where you're going to the restroom every single day. So I'm talking about having a bowel movement every day, going poop every day (laughs) at least Mm -hmm. once. Ideally, maybe twice. Um, again, what your normal is versus my normal is completely different. So some people um, with really fast metabolisms, they might use the restroom like every single meal that they eat, they're using the restroom that many times. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say what's not normal is not using the bathroom once a day. So not going poop once a day is, in
1: my eyes, not normal. And I can't also, imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> I but would exactly, feel so sick. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like there's this saying um, in Ayurvedic medicine, it's like clear cecum, clear mind, which is just a fancy way of saying like clear intestines, clear mind, right? Um, and there's some, some merit to that. I know that, you know, if your digestive system ever gets thrown off, it like mentally, emotionally throws you off. Like you just feel really worn down and lethargic and for, for good reason, your energy is being used to help digest that and get, you know, eliminate it essentially. So another thing to keep in mind with normal, abnormal, digestive kind of things is bloating. I see this a lot with clients of mine who, who come to me with either extreme bloating or what they think is abnormal bloating, I actually categorize as normal bloating. So in this example, like let's take the whole food diet, for example. You know, it's it's really high in fiber, a lot of raw fruits, vegetables those things are great for us, but they might cause a little bit of bloating. And so it's okay if it's a little bit. And and when I, when I kind of gauge a little bit, I mean, it's not painful. It's not, you know, you're not like walking around feeling like you're nine months pregnant. (laughs) One of my clients always says like, that's her, that's her uh, kind of measure of how bloated she is. Right. So that I would consider to be normal is if it's just okay and it's not discomfort there's no pain. Um, where it is abnormal, obviously, is the opposite side of the spectrum. Where you're in pain, your abdomen is, like, really distended, so it makes your belly look really big. That's what I'm saying here. Um, and you're not regular. It's, like, that whole combination of things. So beyond that, (laughs) beyond bloating and just the look of your stomach too, which are are really good measures, is the amount and the frequency. So like I had mentioned earlier, at least once or twice a day you should be going poop and then again, ideally that should be very consistent. So it's not like you'll have, you know, a bowel movement one a day and then you won't have one for two days. Like that to me is very inconsistent and there could be some things going on there. So Beyond that, what do you want me to touch on? Because I could go in like four different ways here <laughs> on, on this poop question.
1: Um, so essentially, uh, our, our original question was just basically saying, what's the best way to jumpstart your digestive system if need be?
2: Yeah. So I think a couple of things can help you reboot or reset a digestive system, like, you know, overhaul, I guess you could say. So number one, which is this is the easiest, drink a lot of water. So there are a lot of different things and resources that will tell you, you know, eight glasses of water a day. I actually tend to recommend far more than that. Again, what I'll circle back and say is everybody is so individual. So what I do and recommend for my clients is to look at your urine. So every time you go pee, it should be clear to pale yellow. That's your body's way of saying this is my hydration status, right? So if you go to the restroom and It's bright yellow. Number one, it could be because you just took like a bunch of B vitamins. But Mm -hmm. it could be that you're really dehydrated. So if it's like dark yellow, golden, you really have to amp up the water. And I'm just talking like strict water only. Yes, we can get a lot of hydration from our foods, especially if they're raw fruits and vegetables. But we just need that pure water too. So that's number one. Number two is to obviously look at your diet. So if you're not eating enough fiber – Um, And enough fiber to me is about 35 to 50 grams. Um, I'm not a huge calorie counter and or like macronutrient counter, but you should look at the fiber. So if you're eating, you know, whole foods, again, like fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, beans, um, you know, whole grains, I prefer gluten-free grains. But if you're eating those, you're going to get enough fiber throughout the day, especially if you're mindful at every single meal. So that shouldn't be an issue, but really look at your fiber intake. And then also kind of a side note about that, I'm not a big fan of like psyllium husk or like refined fibers, if you will. Those are just Mm -hmm. really hard on our digestive systems and can like just tear it up. So the better and the more um, quality, like better quality and more whole food sources that you can get your hands on, that's going to help reset it. Third thing, so we have water, whole foods with fiber. Third thing is healthy fats. So I'm a really big fan of coconut oil, but specifically MCT oil. So MCT oil is medium chain triglycerides, which is it's uh, coconut oil has MCT oils in there. Um, But that is great to take, you know, once every day, like in the morning, a tablespoon or two. If you're new at taking MCT oil, I would definitely caution on the side of like maybe a teaspoon to start off with. Because if you think about really high quality oils, they're lubricating your digestive system so again if you if you have too much and your body's not used to it, it could be the opposite side of the spectrum like you're going to the bathroom too much, so good, healthy fats think about that as like lubricating your digestive tract and mm-hmm. then fourth um stress so this is a huge thing with digest di- just you know issues in general with our digestive system yeah. you know, if, you, if you think about it, like when you're stressed out or when you're nervous, I don't know about you malls, but like when I get that way. I either don't have an appetite, I don't want to eat, or I'm like going to the bathroom all the time. And it's- like, I am
1: exactly that way. Like I get, yeah. when I'm stressed, I don't want to eat at all.
2: Yeah. And, and some people it's the opposite. Like they want to eat everything and then they get constipated or they just like are that anal retentive, uh, anal retentive personality where they don't use the restroom because they're so high stress. So it's, it's a really, yeah. um, it's a good lesson in that mind body connection and how truly how our mental and emotional well being impacts our physical well being. So, you know, managing stress, and I know this sounds so cliche, but, you know, trying to find whatever that is for you, like that centering activity. So for me, it's meditation um, every day. If I didn't do it, I'd be, you know, I'd be so high stressed with everything going on. But managing your stress and having that in control will really help your digestive system too. So the fifth thing and last thing I'll probably touch on is um, supplements. So magnesium is one of my favorite and one of my go-to supplements that I recommend for my clients with digestive issues. So magnesium just helps relax your muscles and your digestive system. And if you take it, um, I'm not affiliated with this company at all, but I really just love this one. It's called Naturally Calm, and it's a white powder, and you mix it in water. I recommend taking it at night before you go to bed, and then when you wake up, it should help you... um, your, your muscles relax while you sleep, and then you can have a nice, like, normal bowel movement in the morning. So that would be the supplement that I would recommend, too. No last what sleep, about by the way.
1: <laughs> okay. What about uh, probiotics? I mean, I've noticed such a difference in my general, like, health since I started taking probiotics regularly. Is there one in particular that you recommend?
2: Um, there's not a brand in particular that I recommend and I'm glad that you brought this up because I adore probiotics. I personally take them. I have all of my clients on them no matter where they are with their digestive health. I think everybody can use this as a booster because it's been shown, you know, our our immune system is in our digestive system. There's just so much there that we need to take care of. So probiotics are a great way to to look out. What I do look for uh, in probiotics is multiple strains. So that kind of can cover your basis. So if you think about probiotics, they're like a little army of the good guys going in and sweeping into your digestive system, getting rid of the bad ones, keeping them in check. Not all the bad guys will leave, and that's okay because that creates a, a nice balance, but they keep them in check. So the more variety that you have, the different strains that you have, the better. It's not necessarily the CFUs, which is the colony forming units, it's not necessarily the, the more is better, you know? So first, for example, somebody with IBS or like very, um, like a very weak, leaky gut or something, I'd have them on extremely high CFUs versus like maintenance mode, you know, it'd be, it'd be more. Right. So that's just something to think about when you go shopping for probiotics.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So this is a water question. Um, And it's from my friend. It says, I've been drinking at least 80 ounces of lemon water daily. And all I notice is that my skin is clearer because I can't see my liver. Is it worth all the trouble of uh, squeezing fresh lemons daily? Is there a big difference between water and lemon water?
2: Oh, that's such a great question. Um, you know, I, I do think, like, the hot and the warm lemon water gets a lot of, like, maybe a little bit more
1: PR than it should. Um, Absolutely. Thank you. I'm like, why Why are we talking about hot lemon water like it hasn't existed before? I totally get you. Right. I mean, like, it's nice,
2: right? It's it's different. It's uh, It keeps people drinking water, I think, because it's something just you know other than plain water but i will say it's not like this magic elixir we can't we can't tell people that it is now it is rich in vitamin c it does help support your liver it kind of like wakes up so to speak your liver because of the vitamin c and the antioxidants but again it's a very small amount so you don't have to drink lemon water all day long. And actually what I would suggest if, um, you know, this is something to think about in terms of oral care. Some people have like really soft enamel on their teeth and the lemon, like the acid and lemon juice, um, and you're drinking it all day can actually damage your enamel. So again, not something to freak people out, but that's, that should be something to think about too. And, you know, that can be avoided with just a straw, but um in a nutshell, no. You don't need to drink lemon water all day long, but will it provide extra benefits. You'll get a little bit of extra vitamin C. But again, it's not a magic elixir. If, okay. If you're after, you know, just to kind of double on that question, because it sounded like she had a question about, like, liver in particular. Yes. If you're looking to support your liver, that's a whole other ball game, And you and you can do that really, really well. I have a, um, a recipe on the Nutrition Strip blog called Love Your Liver Iced Tea. I drink that all the time. I always have it in my, in my uh, fridge already made. But it's a, it's a mixture of liver-supportive um, herbs. And I basically brew it as a tea and then I pop it in the refrigerator because it's like 90 degrees here in Nashville. Otherwise, I'd drink it hot during the rest of the year. But that, um, those herbs like dandelion, milk thistle, fennel, um, all of those really great liver-supportive herbs will help flush your liver out in a sense. So that actually is very effective. Um, so if, yeah, if she's looking for a liver supportive thing, that's the way to go.
1: Awesome. And then just going into that, this is a question from another friend that's in the same area. He says, as I get older, hangovers become more brutal. I know the obvious answer to this next question is don't drink. But if I know that I'm going to go hard one night, what can I do to lessen the effects before and after a night of drinking?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you also have to enjoy life. I will say that. Like, sometimes you want to go hard. Um, But I will say, you know, Mm -hmm. exercise and balance with that one. So when you are drinking, like, if you know that you're going to go and enjoy a night out, I know this sounds so cliche again, but really trying to drink in water as much as you can. So for every drink, I say at least two glasses of water. And it could just be like you're having a drink and then you just chug two glasses of water. Um, not only are you able to kind of extend the, the life of your night and really enjoy it, uh, but it's also kind of just a moderation tool too. And it helps, helps for the next day. So that's number one. If you can't do two glasses, at least do one. Okay. And then the day after, um, obviously, well, let me backtrack here to drink on a stomach that has food in it. It doesn't have to be completely full, but definitely not an empty stomach. That actually helps as well. Um, next day hangovers can also be because you've had drinks with a lot of sugar in it. So, you know, really try to be mindful. I try to stay with, like, vodka, gin, or, like, young, or, um, not, like, very old tequila, so it's still white. Uh, stay with the clear liquors. And then also, no simple syrups. If you do have a drink with simple syrups, you know, make it, like, one of your drinks, not have, like, all of them flooded with all that sugar. Um, and then also the next day, you know, replenishing again with a bunch of water. I would do the Love Your Liver iced tea, speaking of. That would be mm-hmm. a great concoction to have. Um, I would double up on your B vitamins because, again, when you're when you're drinking, you're kind of getting rid of all of those water-soluble vitamins really quick. Same with your electrolytes. They get thrown off. So replenishing your B vitamins is key. Um, I also love, like, beets. Again, beets are a great source of um, – antioxidants, and in a nutshell, they kind of help your liver as well, flush out anything. So beets are great. Asparagus, it's a natural diuretic, which might seem counterintuitive because you want to stay hydrated, but again, it kind of kind of like flush out all that extra alcohol that you've had in your system as well. Um, and then I would just say take it easy the next day with food. Like don't go too high in sugar. Um, it's not going to help your headache or anything like that. And uh, magnesium will help a headache. So that's kind of my arsenal whenever, um, you know, I drink, you know, the night before or something.
1: Okay. Awesome. Thank you. And this is actually kind of a more serious question. I'm reading from a friend right now. Um, it's a little bit heady, but I think a lot of people out there will be able to relate to this. Um, He says, I've kept in touch with a guy I hooked up with who recently went to detox and rehab for dual diagnosis, alcoholism and depression, but has since relapsed hard. I'm talking hard, hard. Wild and out, shameless, blackout inducing, binge drinking hard. I'm ready to step back because he's kind of a messy bitch, but as a friend who lives 3,000 miles away, I wonder if there are ways I can support him and help fight his addiction. I don't want to sponsor him for another round of rehab, but I want to show him that I care. What are some supplements I can send to him to help him deal with addiction, if not supplements, what are some health themed gifts I can get on Amazon Prime?
2: Mm. that's a really good question. I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to like answer that to the best that he deserves, but I will say um supplement wise, so just like we were chatting about kind of like the the day after you know B vitamins, vitamin C. Um, turmeric, which is anti-inflammatory, which is really great, uh, for anybody who is going through a lot of inflammation, which when you're putting your body in that state, it is, um, more so, you know, as I'm like listening to that question, my ears are perking up, like not even on the nutrition side of things. It's more of like a mental, emotional side of things and, um, really covering the grounds with that, you know, and meditation and journaling and, and those types of activities versus just the nourishment piece. But um, you know, juices can be really helpful. Again, it's a it's a quick and easy type of thing to squeeze in a lot of nutrition. And I'm a big fan of green juices versus ones that have fruit in that fruit in it. Um, there's also a supplement because you had mentioned like things that you can get on Amazon Prime. There's a supplement called Green Vibrance, Vibrant Health. Again, I'm okay, not-
1: yes, I know that. Yeah.
2: yeah, I'm not affiliated with it. I just like genuinely love this product, and I've been using it personally since college and notice a really big shift in my health when I do take it versus when I don't, but that supplement is fantastic. If it's like, you know, you're traveling or it's on the other side of the spectrum where you're just trying to get in any possible nutrition, you know, at all, that's a great thing because it's freeze-dried whole foods, and it's just everything you can think of that's incredibly nutrient dense and a tablespoon. And you mix it with water, it tastes like grass or like yeah, wheat grass. It's not great
1: tasting, but it's yeah. it's really good. I've done I've done it before myself. One thing that people should know about this is my my only problem with like juice as much as I love like a cold pressed juice is that you only have three days with it. And it can be very it can be a very expensive habit, especially if you don't drink your juice on time. I like this green vibrant stuff because it lasts for a while, like two years, I think before it expires. And it also has lots of like probiotics and stuff in it.
2: Yes, yes, I love it. So that is like my go to when I travel or if I'm personally like under a lot of stress, or I'm sick, anything like that I double up because it's just such a concentrated source of nutrition. So again, that could be something that he could send his friend, you know, via Amazon, pretty easy to just, you know, give it to him in terms of nutrition.
1: That's awesome. Thank you so much. I know that's a hard question too, especially because like we, you know, here at Please Advise and also I'm sure you do an extent. I mean, I'm not an expert, especially on something like addiction, um, which is such a varied, complicated, yeah. long situation. I mean, addiction is such a beast. It really is a disease. It's a mental disease. And so um, I don't claim to know anything about that. This is just something that can maybe help your friend um, make his life a little bit easier. But um, it's uh, it's a really complicated subject. So thank yeah. you for even taking that on because that's yeah. a big one.
2: Of course. I mean, I, do, I deal with that in terms of like some of my clients who have disordered eating habits and that in itself is an addiction, but it's, it is so multifaceted and I don't even take clients on unless we do have other healthcare professionals on their support team because it is, you know, it's just so, it's so large that it has to be um, taken care of really delicately.
1: I'm going to ask you a couple more questions, but I just, while we're kind of here, it feels like a good transition. Um, Like for my producer, for example, she's a very like science minded person and wellness is not necessarily, especially holistic healing is not necessarily her thing. I am a big believer in it, but obviously I'm also a believer in traditional medicine when it comes to stuff like chemotherapy, stuff that there's just really no way around it. Like you kind of have to go that way. Um, but what do you have to, like, do you feel that it's necessarily important or unimportant that a lot of like this holistic stuff isn't really backed up by scientific research? Like, how do you, how do you feel about that? What is that? What's your response when people kind of bring up that element of it?
2: Uh, I love this question so much malls. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> um, and partially because i think for a while i i battled with that question when i was in school right so like in school as a dietitian you're given a, a, an incredible education obviously and completely science based and a bit cookie cutter right and so that was where yes. my my frustration stemmed when i was in grad school i was like this is this is it, it just doesn't seem right i can't you know, give this person this amount of servings because the government tells me it doesn't make sense to me. Like, I'm not the same as the person sitting right next to me. And why are we all kind of like getting factory produced to think this way? And so that was, that was really what triggered my inclination to go into like, okay, what is holistic care or what is um, integrative and functional medicine and learned a little bit about that. So my, my take is a fusion of that, truly. Science will always be the backbone because I think that's a firm ground and it's a firm foundation. And, you know, there's scientific evidence-based research all the time for a reason. We, we do need to look at that. So I do get quite, um, I'll put it like very lightly, but frustrated when I see like, you know, wellness gurus or people on the space of wellness who might not you know, maybe their intentions are really great and beautiful, but it's not helpful. It's not as helpful or it can even slightly be dangerous. Like I've had a lot of clients come to me following specific protocols that have really put their their health in a, in a bad place. So my whole thing is like using both of those worlds because I do think that the integrative and functional holistic side deserves its place. But, you know, the science, again, to me is going to be my foundation and the reason why I think the integrative functional, holistic has a place is because it nurtures more than anything, more than the Western medicine. It yes. nurtures the individualistic side of people, right? Like it's it it in, like Ayurvedic. You know, they, they talk about like your constitution. You know, yes. that is a really good example of like recognizing. Oh, this is your personality. This is your environment. This is what you've been through. Your stresses. Your lifestyle. Let's take all that into consideration. And then move on with your lifestyle plan, whatever, you know, diet, fitness that might be. So I I commend and appreciate and pull that into my own practice and really make it robust because, you know, we don't live like in a Petri dish. We're not in a science lab. We can't like change one variable like a science lab. You know, sure, we we can implement some of those changes. But realistically, like we have a lot of external and internal factors that we have to pay attention to.
1: Absolutely.
2: That, that's kind of my philosophy on that. And it might be a little uh, gray.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I think that's really great because I think that, you know, I spend a lot of time in the wellness world. I suffer from chronic pain. Like as a writer, I've been hunched over a computer my entire life. I've been like a series of car accidents, all sorts of stuff. And um, my body's like really traumatized. And I I've gone to doctors for it before. And the best thing they can do is give you like a muscle relaxer, which I think most people knows it makes it worse. Ultimately, it makes it worse because your body gets adjusted to the muscle relaxer and when it's not on it, it gets really, really tight. Um, so I have found just so much um, amazing relief from the holistic community. But at the same time, it doesn't seem as targeted um, as scientific medicine, like going to a traditional doctor. So um, I can see why people would question it. But for my personal experience, it's just been so much more caring of me as a person.
2: Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point. It's like my, my philosophy on that too. It's like, we have to try our best, do everything we possibly can in our control to put ourselves in that right path. So whether it's, you know, having an optimal diet or an optimal sleep pattern, managing your stress, I mean, doing those things at your, your best. And then, you know, again, not being you're not being shameful or guilty to reach out to, you know, Western medicine to get a prescription. If that's something that you need in addition to supplement what you're doing to the max, you gotta do it. You know, there is a time and place for for um Western care and it's there and it's it's great for a reason.
1: Yes. Thank you. And okay, so yeah. second to last question and I'm so glad my friend asked this because this is totally me. I have to drug myself to go to sleep every night. Like I drug myself within an inch of my life. And if I forget to take my sleep medicine, I feel so groggy the next day. Um, and so my friend wrote, I suffer from insomnia. What do you suggest for people who can't sleep? Is there anything dietary that can be done?
2: Mm. This is such a good question. I have a really good friend who suffers from insomnia. And um, again, a piece Of it is nutrition. A lot of it for what I would recommend is like the stress management piece and also activity. So first thing with nutrition, I would look at, again, we talked a little bit about like our digestive system earlier. And so some of those same principles I would actually apply to sleep. So whole foods, fiber and fiber, because we're after balancing your blood sugars, making your energy stable throughout the day. That's kind of what I'm I'm hinting at here um, hydration, magnesium. So again, that same supplement, the naturally calm, the magnesium drink. Um, I love that because again, it helps relax our muscles. It's been shown to help with sleep and, you know, headaches and PMS and all of these great things. And magnesium is actually a really common mineral that's deficient in a lot of the standard American diet because magnesium is found in a lot of whole foods and not everybody is eating a lot of whole foods. Um, Also, magnesium with melatonin uh, has been shown to be pretty effective at helping regulate sleep cycles. I would say another kind of like lifestyle tip here is to, this sounds silly, but to go to bed at the exact same time and wake up at the exact same time and try to train your body. I mean, our bodies are, are incredibly adaptive and we can change and they can adapt pretty quickly, but doesn't mean that it loves that. I mean, we kind of love to be on a schedule, like our circadian rhythm and our hormones like to be on schedules, our, you know, hunger hormones like to be on a schedule. So the more that we can get into that rhythm, the better. And then, um, in terms of just like comforting foods, and I'm going to use that with like quotes, air quotes right now, but things like warm drinks, you know, like warm, um, I make a turmeric milk, which is Hugely popular on the Nutrition Strip blog, and I even have it in the cookbook because it was just like a, a classic, and it's my favorite. Probably have it every other night, but turmeric, we were talking about earlier, is really high in anti-inflammatory compounds, which is incredible, and I mix it with almond milk or coconut milk, and it's just really nice and comforting and warm, and again, that could be something that can just like trigger relaxation. Mm-hmm. Those are like foods that I would gravitate towards or things that you could do with nutrition, and then again, lifestyle things like getting on a rhythm, having a hot bath. Um,
1: yes. Thank you for saying that. I love having a hot bath right before bed. It makes me feel yeah. like a sleepy little baby. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. Best.
2: But it's true. It's like those things that we always hear and that we always read about like, oh, set your timer and take a bath. but you know, actually do it because it does help and, you know, just find those things that you can um, find joy in too, you know, because a lot of the times I know when I can't sleep because I'm not perfect either and there are times where I have, you know, really sleepless nights, those are the nights that I'm so stressed, I'm thinking about work, I have a million things on my plate and that's the time where I'm like, I need to take tomorrow off because I need to regroup and recenter and then I'll I'll reevaluate my sleep. Um, so again, just paying attention to the mental, emotional piece of it as well.
1: This is just a side note. It's not my last question, but what do you think about pot?
2: Uh, like in, in what, what do you mean? With with sleep?
1: Yeah. Like smoking weed to go to bed.
2: I mean, if it helps you, I don't have a problem with it.
1: (laughs) Is it like, there's no, you don't think that, cause like when I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I would just tell someone to smoke pot. But then I'm like, I feel like that would get in the way or could potentially get in the way of forming a real routine.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I don't have a problem with it, but that's not, that's not what I would personally do. I would really try to get solid in building some lifestyle habits, like, like really firm things. You know, I would even, I like, um, like Ambien or something like a sleep medication is kind of what I would group like pot in just because it's a, a help. Yes. Yes. It's a supplement to what you're already trying to do to the max you're already trying like these opt these things to get optimal sleep or optimal health. You know, I would consider like the medication and pot to be like, like helpers not relying on that as a structure. Does that make sense?
1: It makes total sense. Okay. So last question, all of this stuff considered, um, I had a friend who wrote to me and just said, what are ways to incorporate all this stuff into your life without going crazy about it? Because I skew towards like addictive thinking myself, like, I I am like either not healthy at all or I'm like full-blown anorexic or like what I have a really, really hard time in moderation. I think a lot of people do. Um, Is there anything that you recommend to people just so that they don't get really, really caught up in this? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, totally. So number one is knowing yourself. Like if you know that you are a black and white, balls to the wall, like cold turkey type of person, um, then you definitely need to be a lot more mindful about incorporating small steps maybe every week. Yeah. So that can kind of keep you to like integrating one thing. So let's just say, for example, it's like every morning and I have some clients who are like this. So I have to be really delicate with their mental, emotional well-being or they would get obsessive about it. And then that would counterbalance what we're trying to do. So number one would be like have a stripped green smoothie every single morning. And that uh, the stripped green smoothie is on the on the blog. But that is just one of my favorites because it's loaded with just So many fruits, vegetables, fiber, a lot of antioxidants, and it keeps you regular. We were talking about digestion, Um, all the things that's really great. So that could just be one change that they, they, they do for a week. And then the next week after that's kind of feeling like it's already a part of their life, then we'll add in something else and then keep going until they feel like, yeah, this is feeling like my life right now, but I'm also adding in something versus subtracting. You know, I really focus in on like adding stuff because things just naturally fall fall away when you're adding really really good pure things in there. Um and then also just like planning ahead a little bit, too. You know, like in and mm-hmm. and catching yourself. Like if you're able to say like, okay, I'm going to Add in one or two new things this week and then the next week I'm going to do this and the next week I'm going to do that. Like you have a plan and you can follow through, but you can also be really mindful and catch yourself when you're feeling like you're going way too too crazy, so to speak. Like incorporating all the things for four days and then falling off and feeling really bad.
1: That's, that's awesome. I, yeah, just wanted, so, yeah. oh, oh, sorry. I was just going to say I went gluten free at home and like that really helped because I'll cheat when I go out to restaurants or I'll just eat whatever. And of course, like from time to time, like there's fully a bag of Oreos in my cupboard right now. But I, for the most part, I'm gluten free at home. And that has been huge for me. Just didn't even me realizing when I'm out and I'm eating gluten, I'm like, oh, this is why I don't eat it at home. I don't feel great right now. Um, and it's been a huge, huge thing for me.
2: Yeah. And I, and I also think too, like whenever somebody wants to change a behavior, so whether it's going gluten-free or or anything, it's like having that motivation or that, that factor that's keeping you going, like, let's say it is gluten-free. Like I want to go gluten-free. It's like, well, why? Like analyze and dive in and be like, why, why do you want to do this? Or why do you want to do this, this cleanse or something? You know, that's why I always ask people. It's like, what's the motivation and really getting down to that. Because if it's a, If it's a solid motivation, and solid by what I mean by that is just like uh, kind of speaking your truth. If it's something that's in line with you as a person that's going to better your well-being, that's going to stick. Versus like, I want to get in a bikini in two weeks. You know, that can be a great goal, but it's very – flighty you know and it's it, that can lead to those like obsessive behaviors I see more more often than the ones who are like I want to be healthier for my my grandchild or I want to walk my daughter down the aisle like those goals to me or those motivating factors are really powerful and keep people on track more
1: that is awesome thank you so so much for joining us today I really would love to have you back um, and Nashville is one of my favorite cities so if I make it out there <laughs> this year I would love to um, meet up with you in real life but I love uh, that. Yeah, thank you so so much for doing this and um I definitely would love to do another mini up with you um okay. after your book comes out and kind of go over some more stuff because I this is the tip of the iceberg. Like I got such a huge response from my friends with questions. They all had something to say. Everyone had really different backgrounds they were coming from and I think that that's really really cool. There's a lot of like calls to action we do. Um mm-hmm. specifically me like just asking my friends, "Hey, I'm writing this. Like can you tell me if you have this experience?" Sometimes I won't hear back from anyone. I'm not kidding you. Every single person I emailed wrote back to me about this. So it was really cool. Yeah, I uh, love
2: that. I love that, yeah. And it just shows you that people are so concerned and, and considerate, I should say, about their well-being. It's, it's a really exciting time to explore that and have the conversation.
1: You are so awesome. I love talking to you. <laughs> and uh, congratulations on your book.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Of course. I wear your t-shirt you sent me all the time.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: You need to send me a picture of it. It's so soft. I will. I'll send you a picture. Um, Thank you so, so much. And let's talk soon.
2: Awesome. Thanks, Malls.